Okay, so I hear you like books. Why, yes, I do. That's right. When I was your age, television was called books. And this is a special book. Because when you read a book as a child, it becomes part of your identity in a way that no other reading in your whole life does. And I have gotten carried away. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you have. Are you seeing the books? Everything you would want to read is right here. Feel it. Feels good, right? Just smell it. Nothing, nothing smells like that. Welcome, friends, to this special episode of the Team Friendship Podcast. This week, we're going to not be reviewing a Newbery Award winner, but we'll be reviewing the television show Anne with an E. And we're just going to start with episode one. We thought we would just take it one piece at a time. So I'm here with my fellow podcasters, Lauren. Hello. And Mandalay. What up, friends? Yes. So we're pretty excited about this. Mandy Very actually like finished the episode. I so did this indeed. Is pretty big. Several days ago. Yes. <laughs> it's this been is, so long. I don't spot. remember what happened. Oh my word. <laughs> <laughs> we were so close. <laughs> awesome. Well, many probably don't know this about Lauren, but when she gets into something, she gets way into it. So we put yes. her on finding some background <laughs> info on this show that we've all fallen in love with. So, Which wasn't like difficult for that? me because I just do that anyway. So yes. I was just like, guys, <laughs> I got this. Okay. <laughs> and they said, okay. Yeah, so. we figured just let you do it. So what yeah. did you find? So... Anne with an E is a Netflix original series, and it's produced by Northwood Entertainment in association with the Canadian Broadcasting Company, which uh, just goes by CBC or the CBC, kind of like we have the American Broadcasting Company, ABC, so they have the CBC. So anyway, prior to all season one's um, episodes dropping on Netflix on May 13th, the series actually aired in Canada on the CBC under the title and the series and the series premiered with episode one which was a two-parter which is why it's longer than the rest of them Um, and that premiered on march 19th of this year and then the subsequent episodes aired on a weekly basis until the season finale on april 30th so i did not know that did you guys know that Mm -mm. no i can't believe that we didn't know that yeah, I don't. I'm just. I'm used to like the British shows, and you kind of know when they're dropping, yeah. and then you try to. I mean, I mean, it was relatively like close. You know, it wasn't like it was a year ago, and then right. we finally got it. It was, you know, oh, true. within That's weeks, true. you know, of of it doing so. I, mean, I thought that was really nice. cool. Um, so I did cool. some more investigating, and I've discovered that Canada has capitalized <laughs> on the publicity that Anne of Green Gables, the book, as well as its sequels, have brought to Prince Edward Island. Um, sure. But this is the third live-action television adaptation that the CBC has produced based on the Ella Mon- Montgomery books. The first was a television film produced in ni- 1956, and I can't really get too much information on that, and most of what I'm reading says that that was actually a light like a live broadcasting of the musical which i think is still running in canada so that's pretty cool i didn't know there was a musical 
I'm learning so much. Exactly. So the second adaptation that the CBC has done is probably the most popular. It's the one that we all grew up watching. And the television film aired at the end of 1985 in Canada as a two-part miniseries. And in the United States, it aired in February of 1986 on PBS. And the film starred Megan Follows as Anne and was directed by Kevin Sullivan. This series was and is incredibly popular and Follows and Sullivan would return to create several more films based on Montgomery's books. Uh, They did Anne of Green Gables, the sequel, and Anne of Green Gables, the continuing story, which... I don't think people like that one as much, but which that one I don't think was like, I think the other two were based off of the books and this one, the continuing story, I think was kind of a, they just did their own thing. I don't know. Do you know anything about that, Leah? I don't. I'm trying to think if I ever watched it. There was also another movie that Sullivan produced called Anne of Green Gables, A New Beginning. Follows does not appear in that, but it's... Anne is kind of middle-aged at this time in her life, and she's reflecting back on the past, and I've never seen that. Oh, I went, I feel like I've seen that one. I was way into those when I was a kid, so it's possible. I've seen, like, you know, when I was looking it up, I've seen kind of like the the front cover of it, Mm -hmm. but since it didn't have, like, Megan Follows in it, I was not interested. I'm I'm kind of one of those people. <laughs> it's like, yeah. well, it's not the same person, so I'm not watching it. <laughs> so, um, Sullivan also created the series Road to Avonlea, which aired from 1990 to 1997 in Canada. And this series was based on, loosely, very loosely based on the Anne of Green Gables books and some more L.M. Montgomery books that were set in the fictional town of Avonlea. And the series aired in the United States on the Disney Channel. Do you, I watched this. Do you guys remember watching this? No. So it's about this little girl. Her name's Sarah, and she comes to live with her two aunts. And it's like an older aunt and a younger aunt. And then their brother and his family live in Avonlea, too. They're the King family. And oh. it's like all about these children and them growing up and... Uh, the younger aunt gets married to like she's a journalist and she ends up getting married to the photographer that works with her and he's kind of a very shy fellow Hmm. do you remember this at all no (laughs) well it was really good and if you can find it (laughs) you should watch it because it's really good what is it called it's called road to avonlea but in america it was just called avonlea And I must have watched it when it was when the Disney Channel was doing reruns because Mm -hmm. I know I didn't watch it in the 90s because I was young. I was when I watched it, I was probably in like sixth or seventh grade. So anyway, fun fact. Okay, there's a reason I'm talking about this. So I was talking about the, the younger aunt. Her name was Olivia. She gets married to her photographer and he is played by R.H. Thompson, who's the actor who plays Matthew in Anne with an E. Hmm. What? I know. I was like, I knew he looked familiar. That's insane. (laughs) I know. I loved watching that (laughs) series, like, so much. I loved it so much. It looks cute. 
So yes. There is also an animated series created by Sullivan Entertainment for PBS Kids, which uh, originally aired from 2001 to 2002, and it aired in reruns until 2013. So it was just... Anne of Green Gables, the animated series. You said you've seen that, Leah, right? I feel like I have. Like I said, I was very into it. So whatever I could find. Yeah. But yeah, in addition to, like, this was just, like, stuff I found that the CBC had done. So in addition to all this, like, there there was a silent film made in 1919, another film, like, made in the 1930s that the actress who portrayed Anne, like, it changed her life so much that she went and legally changed her name to Anne Shirley. <laughs> so <laughs> there's also a Japanese anime. So <laughs> all kinds of Anne of Green Gables out there for you. Nice. Yeah. So Anne with an E is adapted for film by Moira Wally Beckett. And she was one of the writers for Breaking Bad, for which she won several awards, including an Emmy. I never watched Breaking Bad, but I know it's really popular, so. Did you watch that show, Mandy? Uh, I watched Breaking Bad to completion. Ah, something I've done! Yes! (laughs) So she was was one of the writers for that. (laughs) Yeah. She's also the creator of Flesh and Bone, which is a series on stars about an American ballet company, and that's all I know about the show. So (laughs) just wanted to mention that. So in an interview with Vulture.com, she talks about her thought process in adapting the book series. So the interviewer asks her, you know, the scripts don't shy away from the darker aspects of Anne's past, especially her time in the orphanage. They said, was there an angle on the story you were looking to explore in this particular version? And she says, I wanted it to be real and I wanted it to be relatable. Young audiences, all audiences now are really sophisticated and I've never been interested in two-dimensional storytelling. Lucy Maud Montgomery deserves for her characters to be brought fully to life. All of Anne's backstory is there on the pages. I felt it was really important to dramatize it because I thought we'd care more, we'd invest more if we knew what her original wounding was and what her obstacles are and how desperately she does need home and safety and a family and a place to belong. And I really liked, you know, hearing where, you know, what her kind of mm-hmm. like main idea was and and uh, they asked her you know why write you know why redo Anna Green Gables now and she talks about how you know she's like there's just so many themes in this story that are relevant to kind of our current culture themes like feminism and bullying and equality and you know prejudice against people who've come from far away and and you know I think that whether or not you agree with all of these issues or movements that are going on right now there are things that are going on in our culture and you know I mean you just can't deny that they're going on so this show is definitely a conversation starter for many of those issues and I think especially in the Christian community, some of these things are considered, you know, taboo conversations. And instead of discussing them and asking, what does God have to say about this? You know, we just don't talk about it at all, or we don't right. stand up for what we believe. Or on the other side of it, you know, some people do speak out, but it's inappropriate and <laughs> not helpful, you know. Right. So I think it's good that we 
you know, have these conversations and that this show is bringing those issues to the forefront of our minds. And I like what she says in in the next part of the interview. The interviewer asked her, you know, more about the feminism in in this show. And she says, I can absolutely say that it's a feminist thing, whatever that, you know, whatever that means to each individual. Does it mean that this girl in the 1800s, this orphan girl in Canada saw no boundaries for herself? Yes, it does. Does it mean that like a pebble dropped in still water, the ripple effect from that point of view and that way of thinking touches everyone she comes in contact with? Yes. And I think we can all agree that there are many different definitions of feminism. You know, if you go out and ask three different women, you're going to get three different definitions. You know, in one sentence, a person might say they support women having the opportunity to do whatever occupation they want, whether that's, you know, working outside the home or staying home with their children. But in the next sentence, they might say, well, a woman who stays home with her kids is wasting her life. And then I get really upset. And so I won't I won't (laughs) expound too much on that. (laughs) But, you know, I definitely agree with some, you know, quote unquote feminist ideals, you know, equal pay for equal work, better treatment of women in the workplace, all those kinds of things. I definitely agree with that. But I also understand that, you know, the logistics of those things are very tricky and very political. And you guys know my feelings on politics. (laughs) I hate (laughs) politics. So, (laughs) you know. But I, I mean, like, as you can see, like, even I'm having a hard time talking about this kind of stuff. But this show brings, I mean, I don't know, it, it subtly brings well, out stuff like and that. The stuff even that it brings out kind of makes you think because it's little things like girls going to school. And nowadays, like, yeah. even the most conservative person would say, well, yes, girls should be able to go to school. So yeah. it kind of shows that, you know, there there are changes that need to be made and there are changes mm-hmm, that absolutely. have been made to bring us to this point. And you can't really deny that whichever side you're on. <laughs> Exactly. And that's the thing. Like, I I hate it that, like, we say a word like feminism and immediately it's just like, well, we we can't talk about that. You know, that's, you know, but it's like there are things that have been changed that are good. And, you know, I mean, women should be treated with dignity and respect. Like, that's just right. All people should be treated with dignity and respect. It doesn't matter, like, if you're a man or a woman, like that even, you know, and the fact that we have to say that. is ridiculous but Mm. you do and you know as christians this is one of those subjects that can be touchy like i've said before and even within you know you just touched on that leah even within our christian circles people disagree on certain aspects of feminism but i think what we can all agree on is that the bible tells us that god values women you know in proverbs we you know we see that husbands they should rise up and call their wives blessed in ephesians he tells men to cherish their wives and be willing to give their lives for them mm-hmm. we see women throughout the bible that just are examples of very strong women i think of deborah in the book of judges and esther in the old testament well and the fact that there are women in the bible that are lifted up as heroic says mm-hmm. a lot about how god views women because in those cultures they were basically slaves until they were married so yeah exactly <laughs> and, so are protected by their fathers, you know, and, and yeah. these women are looked at as like heroes of our faith. So <laughs> exactly. I mean, they it were leaders in their community and yeah. in their nation. <laughs> like that's I mean, we could just sit here and list women all all day from the Bible that are just very strong women. And 
you know, women are capable and strong. And I like what Anne says in the first episode, you know, girls can do anything a boy can do. And I would add, sometimes we can do it better. <laughs> so just <Nice>. saying. <laughs> Dare I say. You right? <laughs> so anyway, those are my tidbits. There is a really cool behind the scenes video on YouTube that I'll mm. put in the of show notes. Of course there is. Um, and of it's, course you found it. It's only it. like three and a half minutes long, but it's really cool. And it talks about like the sets and where, you know, where they filmed. They filmed all like the landscape scenes on Prince Edward Island, mm. which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And like all like the props and the the costumes, they made sure that everything was from the period that they were doing it in. I was like, curious <laughs> about that. I was curious yeah. Someone about was the like, accuracy. there's no polyester in. Right. <laughs> it's all like stuff that they would use. So I'm like, oh, that's awesome. I, I just like to nerd out about stuff like that. All the behind the scenes stuff. Yeah. So that's what I got. Awesome. That's it? Well, I got more. <laughs> I got Andy, more don't. on. Uh, don't. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, I could keep talking. No, I have more We're on I'm just going to the... change this to Lauren's podcast <laughs> <Right>? about <laughs> Anne with an E. No, as we talk about the characters in this episode, I have stuff on the actors who portray them, but I thought we'd awesome. wait till we got there. Well, we can get into the first episode. I do have a little bit more tidbit. <laughs> oh, my word. <laughs> just about the first episode. The first episode which is, you know, 90 minutes, was directed by Nikki Caro. I I hope I'm pronouncing that right. She directed Whale Rider, The Zookeeper's Wife, and McFarland USA, which I haven't seen any of those, but I've heard they're really good. Oh, I really want to see The Zookeeper's Wife. Yeah. But she w- will be directing Disney's live-action version of Mulan, which is set mm. to come out in 2018, so... Nice. Pretty exciting. That's coming up, man. Yeah. So this episode definitely gets into some darker themes. And can we, like, define what darker means? Because I think when, like, that's kind of how this show has been promoted. Like, oh, it's it's gritty and it's dark. And and I think some people are scared to watch it because of that. I mean, it's it's not Tim Burton. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) No. I mean, it's rated PG. It's real life. That's yeah. all it is. It's I real life. That, yeah. It's realistic. It's yeah. what somebody who's come from an orphanage or who's, you know. Who's lived with abusive families. Yeah. I mean. Exactly. It's so not it's just going to suddenly go away and everything's going to be fine. There's obviously. Right. I, I actually right appreciate issues. very much how it's being done. It's. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if I should say yeah. I like it. I, I like it. I mean, it's hard to watch, but I like it. Mm-hmm. Well, exactly. Like, and that's like, that's good storytelling. Mm-hmm. Like, you're seeing where she came from. You're not meant to enjoy that. Like, mm-hmm. you're meant to see the pain that she's gone through. It's supposed to make you feel uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, just like, you know, the creator said, like, she says... It shows you how desperately she does need home and safety and a family and a place to belong because she's never had those things. Mm-hmm. So, yes, when we say darker, it's rated PG. You're not going to see anything <laughs> too traumatic. <laughs> you know, 
And if you're listening to this show, you've probably seen the first episode, so you know what we're talking about. But if you haven't, and you're listening to this to get an idea of whether or not you should watch this, watch it. (laughs) (laughs) I will say, I do understand the hesitation of some moms that were like really looking forward to watching it with their young daughters and now feel like they've been betrayed by the Anna Green Gables series. I I do get that that for some children, this could be a bit much. Like, they may not quite be ready for it. Right. I don't know what age it would be appropriate for. I know it's PG, but I just, I understand some parents are a lot more cautious. Yeah. Watch it first, and then you'll know whether or not your child could handle it. Every child is different. So I'm not going to sit here and say, well, it's, you know, if your child's this age, then they can watch it. I think every parent needs to decide that themselves. And I mean, if you want an Anne of Green Gables series that you can watch with your kids, watch the first series. I was going to say, <laughs> exactly. and then when they get older, it's already out there. You don't want a duplicate of that. Right. Like, yeah. I don't know. Exactly. Yeah. You're not, you're not, they're not trying to redo. No. Like exactly what has already been done. Like they're doing their own version. I read the book when I was in fourth grade. So it's been quite a long time. So I started listening to it on audiobook. And I was, it was exciting because I would say 85%. And that's mm-hmm. just a number I've made up in my head. But. <laughs> So, like, the majority <laughs> of the dialogue is straight out of the book. I mean, it's word for yeah, word it straight out of the book. So, I found that really cool. Excellent, because I'm going to purchase it soon. Whether or not <laughs> I read it, we will find out. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I uh, ended up buying the Kindle version of Ella Montgomery's Complete Works or whatever. Mm. It was a dollar ninety nine for Kindle because if you want to buy all that stuff like together and like hardback or paperback, it's quite expensive. <laughs> so, like, oh, I better just buy those one at a time. Barnes Barnes and Noble has a collectible edition, and it's they are fifty percent off right now. So I don't know what's gonna happen this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> Mandy's going to get wild and crazy. <laughs> Did you guys enjoy the opening music? Yes. I I love I love all the music. Yes. Like I just love it. I definitely downloaded the intro song on Spotify. I feel like I feel <laughs> I feel like what Lauren feels like about like yes. music and every <laughs> film she watches. I love the music. <laughs> I just love it. Yes. I just yeah, love I can't it. find I mean, I found who there's two, I think it's two women who are doing the music on this, mm-hmm. but they haven't released the music for like, no, on they anything. Haven't. so I'm hoping that will happen soon because it's I really just, it's very like almost Celtic sounding and I just love mm-hmm. that and I just, it's so good. I need it playing in my ears all day. I have seen a few people on Facebook commenting on the opening like music and scene and how they just weren't big fans of it but they did like the show but I personally love the intro I think it's really quirky and fun and I feel like you're looking in the mind of Anne mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly I think that's exactly what it's I mean to she be. is yeah. that is who she is she's just a little bit off and it's awesome <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah that song is actually like an older song 
yeah it's not a song that they wrote for this no isn't it like a canadian rock band or something i think so but it works perfectly so it does so i already know how lauren initially felt about the act well not not like the actress personally but the choice of actress to play anne so i'm just curious because i don't think i've heard your thoughts mandy how did you feel i love her when you first met her you do i i love her I, I don't know if it's because I relate to her. Um, yeah. But I love her. <laughs> I can't even tell you how many moments happen in this show because I, spoiler, I've watched all of them. Oh, nice. I There were so many moments when I was like, oh my so goodness, nice. that was Mandy. Like, as a child, that was totally Mandy. I'm like, I just love how much this girl talks and she just like says yes. what she's thinking. <laughs> Yes. You don't like Mandy's song? Mandy sings a different song. <laughs> and when they ask her to be quiet and she's like, I can do it if, you know, I try really hard. <laughs> I'm like, yes. There's another person like me. So like Leah alluded to, yeah, I wasn't a big fan of Amy Beth McNulty quite at first. I felt like she was... I don't know. I just didn't like her and I couldn't, I didn't know if it was just because, you know, she wasn't the Anne that we grew up with or if I really didn't like her acting. Like as the show went on, I, I fell in love with her and I, you know, she's Anne, you know, (laughs) like she's perfect (laughs) for this part. She is. So once I finished it, finished the series, I went back and rewatched the first episode to just see... If I had the same reaction, so, you know, this was the first episode. She's trying to get into the character. No, it was just me. <laughs> Lauren. It's all yeah. right. You didn't like me at first either. <laughs> it's yeah. true. I have to warm up to you. <laughs> so, yeah. So she's awesome. She's definitely grown on me and I really like her now. So do you want me to get into some of her background sure. or? Sure. Okay, so Amy Beth McNulty, she's Irish-Canadian. Her mom was born in Calgary, but before filming this series, Amy Beth had never been to Canada before. So she lives in Ireland. Um, So she, yes, she has a bit of an Irish accent if you listen to some interviews. And I think I found some on YouTube that I'll put in the show notes that people can watch later. But she was... 14 at the time of filming the series and in the book Anne is about 11 or 12 years old so um so she's relatively close to the age of Anne in the books which I like mm-hmm. yes Lauren <laughs> we don't want a redo of Percy here man she'll flip <laughs> <laughs> well I don't care about that I don't just, even know like, <laughs> yeah like in the other in the other series the 1985 series they were more of movies than like weekly episodes so they got the children actors a little bit older so they could portray the older version of that like of i need the to rewatch so. that because i only remember bits and pieces because like you guys were super into the other one so i think i think megan follows was 17 when they first started filming okay all right so yeah so a 17 year old portraying a 12 year old <laughs> So they said it was a huge search to find the right Anne, and they said they they auditioned two th- almost two thousand girls. Oh my goodness! Wow. 
Yeah. <laughs> so did she? So she just showed up for an, an audition. Then I was gonna ask how they found her. She sent in a tape. She has an agent. Oh, okay. So she sent in a tape, and I guess months and months went by, and they asked her to go to Toronto to do an audition, like in person. I don't remember how many girls were with them with were with her but they made them do like an improv thing where they had to go to this I think she said they went to a mansion and there were just like a bunch of flowers and and trees and they said here's some flower beds put on a play and she was like nice. with the flowers and they're like yeah so she just <laughs> they just had to use like she had to use her imagination and like make up something That's with the cool. flowers <laughs> and yeah that's a good idea for that particular part, you know, finding someone with a big imagination. Yep. <laughs> I like it. So has she been in anything else? Is this her first gig? She's done more stage acting in okay. London on the West End. You know, and I kind of got that fun. from her. I was like, I feel like she'd be really good in like some plays. Yeah, for sure. Oh, I also wanted to mention, so season one of this show and we're obviously hoping that there will be more seasons Please. but season one yeah season one covers chapters one through 18 of the book of anna green gables and how many chapters are there total <sighs> 38 chapters excellent so yeah so there are a f- like a few things that happen in the ch- and after chapter 18 that they put in this series but they're kind of like small things and when we get to those things, I will be sure to point them out to you guys. Yes, we shall not spoil yet. Yes. <laughs> yes, exactly. Next, I can talk about Matthew Cuthbert. We've talked about him a little bit. R.H. Thompson. I love him. I love him, too. The R.H. stands for Robert Holmes. Now you know. Now we know. So he's from Ontario, and he's actually he's actually a pretty big deal in Canada. So mm. he's kind of in a lot of Canadian productions and stage productions. and But yeah, I love his portrayal of Matthew. He just, yeah, I just want to give him a big hug. So do I. <laughs> <laughs> it took me, it took me a little bit to warm up to him. I'm not really sure why, but I was, I wasn't sure that I really enjoyed him as Matthew. But then in no time, basically on the wagon ride home i was mm-hmm. like okay yeah he's yeah. perfect <laughs> see you had to warm up to him and i had to warm I up did. to Anne. <laughs> matthew is just one of those characters it's like uh, you just love him so mm-hmm. much and like heartwarming and it's hard to watch someone else be matthew it is it is but yeah i just i love his portrayal of him especially after like listening to the book and especially that you know the first few scenes that he's in like he has to do a, a lot of acting through his, like, facial expressions and gestures right. because Matthew doesn't... I mean, he doesn't he like doesn't to talk. talk. <laughs> right. He's just... He's a very shy person, and in the book it talks about, like, he just... He doesn't like to talk to women or girls. He's just very shy <laughs> around them, and so... That scene where, you know, he finally gets to the train station and he gets out of yes. his buggy and there's two women coming I out. I love like, that scene. That scene is in the book. In his head, he, you know, he just feels like women are like making fun of him or laughing at him and he just feels very like self-conscious. Yes, he's great. And I love his line that he says when, you know, Marilla's like, we have to send her back. 
he's kind of saying, well, you know, maybe we could keep her. And she's like, how could you say that? You know, she, you know, what good would she be to us? And he says, well, we might be some good yes. to her. And I just, oh, <laughs> yes. It's I so know. Good. I cried. <laughs> and that's so, like, going to take it deep. I know I do this sometimes. Mm-hmm. That's all right. But that is the mentality that you need to have as an adopting parent. Or even like I've talked to people that do um, foster care and it's one of like my husband and I have considered it and it's so intimidating because you're going to lose these kids, you know, you're not going to keep them around and that's going to be really hard on you. But when you step back and look at these kids that come from environments that probably are not that different from Anne's, you have to stop and think like, what good can I do for them? Like, Right. And they're probably right. gonna, they're probably going to do good for you, too. Just getting to know these little right. beings that have been through so much at a young age. But when he said that, I was like, oh, my goodness, that is so beautiful. And I love how they explore that in this. You know, Marilla brings up after the Rachel Lynn scene and, you know, she says we have to make allowances yes. for Anne. Like she doesn't yep. she's never been taught like exactly how to act you have to understand that and she's like yes she's gonna get in trouble and we're gonna teach her that's not how you talk to adults but but we have to she give her some grace her, you know that whole experience with her like yelling at rachel and then the forgive like the apology and everything oh my goodness i love that so much <laughs> like that's when you really see marilla like shining through like she totally agrees with what Anna has said yes <laughs> yeah well, and I feel like like all yes. parents have to deal with mm-hmm. something like that, though. You know, where like you know your kids yes. right, but like you you can't talk to them like that. <laughs> I don't know, just all the fears that mostly Marilla has about bringing someone into her home. Like even before Anne shows up, and Rachel Lynn shows up at the house and is giving her like all these examples of other families who took in orphans (laughs) and like well they burned down the house or they you know poisoned them and (laughs) you can just see like in Marilla's eyes like she's just like oh my goodness I don't know now I'm second guessing all of this (laughs) and like the day after the day that they've decided to let Anne stay on trial and she has gotten up early and so she's out like getting eggs and but they don't know that. They think she's run off and she immediately goes to the silverware drawer to see if she's stolen nice. it. And I'm like, oh my goodness. <laughs> oh my goodness. But I mean, like, I like that they're exploring that. Like, these are like real fears that a real yeah. person would have about mm-hmm. taking in yep, an orphan, sure. you know? Yes. And I'm not saying like, I don't know. I'm not saying it's right. No, but- it's legitimate. I mean, especially if you take in an older child, they come with so much baggage and and think like they just they don't know you have to make allowances for them but it is really hard on a family it's a sacrifice for sure so marilla cuthbert is portrayed by okay i don't know how she pronounces her name it's either geraldine or geraldine james and she's from england and i really like her because she appeared in rogue one as blue three so that's pretty cool <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> I knew there had to be a Star Wars tie-in somewhere. (laughs) Uh, She was also in the Alice in Wonderland movies, and she is Mrs. Hudson in the Sherlock Holmes movies with Robert Downey Jr. 
I didn't even realize yeah, that. Yeah. Seriously. How, how dare so I? So she's, she's just been in a lot of films and nominated for several awards. She's also been on Broadway. So look her up. I mean, well, there I were just so her. many lists of movies that some I recognize and some I didn't. So, I mean, you might look her up and be like, oh, yeah, I remember her in that movie. So awesome. pretty cool. And I love just one scene with Marilla, like when she's taking and back to see Mrs. Spencer and they're riding in the buggy and so in the book after Anne has kind of shared her history with Marilla and told her you know she's been in all these homes and in the book it just says this is about Marilla in her head she's thinking it says pity was suddenly stirring in her heart for the child what a starved unloved life she had had a life of drudgery and poverty and neglect for Marilla was shrewd enough to read between the lines of Anne's history and divine the truth. No wonder she had been so delighted at the prospect of a real home. And I like to think that, I mean, I don't know, but I like to think that Moira Wally Beckett read this in the book and this is where she got the in-between-the-lines parts that we're seeing. Exactly. <laughs> so I found that very interesting. I love the part when she's trying to teach Anne, you know, how to pray. Yes. <clears throat> yes. <laughs> and, like, she starts, like, Anne starts quoting the catechism, and actually in the book she quotes the entire yes. thing. Well, not the entire catechism, but the, the entire answer to the question. I love her answer to how she would pray, too, in that scene. Like, yes. I mean, it does seem more appropriate. <laughs> Like, right. just to go into a great big field or in the deep woods and just look up in the sky. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. Oh, yes. <laughs> well, who else do you have, Lauren, or should we? I got more, yeah. So we can do Rachel Lind. She's played by Corinne Coslow, and she's from Halifax, Manitoba. So this is cool. She's probably best known for providing the voice for Lady Retaxis, which is a character on the animated series Babar. Aww. The elephant. That's so fun. <laughs> so I think Lady Retaxis is a rhinoceros or That's something. Cool. So, But something you might be interested in, Leah, is she will be providing the voice for a character in the upcoming animated series of Corner Gas. What? Yeah. <laughs> You've got to be kidding <laughs> This is the best news. I know. <laughs> So I was like reading about that and I guess like they're just making an animated version of it and all the people that were in the live like the live what? action series are providing the voice for their character. That is awesome. I guess like the whoever the lady is this character that that yeah. Corinne Cazzo is doing had passed away a few oh, months ago. Oh no. So she's stepping in to provide the voice. So Oh, so she's like I remember <laughs> Corner Gas. Brief <laughs> moment here. Corner Gas is a Canadian sitcom, I guess you would call it. I don't even know how or where Joey and I found it, but when we first got married, we watched Corner Gas like every night before we'd go to bed. <laughs> And it was like, I just, I love the Canadian accent. It just makes everything funnier. And they were just all so quirky and weird. And we tried to share our love of Corner Gas with everyone that would sit and watch it with us, which was mainly just Lauren and Michael. (laughs) Yes. Oh, that is awesome. I'm going to have to tell Joey. He'll be really excited. (laughs) Yeah. But anyway, I love 
I love her version of Rachel Lind. I thought she did an. I just she's great. I just love yeah. her. <laughs> well, and the way they portrayed her in this episode definitely gives her more heart, like more heart and more likability. Yeah, mm-hmm. I did not like the first Rachel Lind, and I know that that was kind of what they were going for, but right, yeah, I enjoy her being played this way much better. I don't know. It's just nice to think that Marilla has like a, a kindred spirit as well, even though. <laughs> They're totally different. <laughs> yeah, um, I don't know if you noticed. I've watched the first episode like three or four times now. And so there's just different things that I notice as I'm watching it again and again. So it's it's a scene where like after Anne has blown up with Rachel Lind and Marilla's telling you know, Anne, you need to apologize to her. And she's like, there's no way I'm apologizing to her. And Matthew comments to Marilla. He says, remember yes. when you were young yes. and somebody said that about you? That's from the book. And in the book, it, it expounds more on that, that Marilla was skinny and homely when she was younger and family members made fun of her for that. And it's something she has in common with Anne. So, All right. So uh, let's talk about Jerry. Yes. He's a cute little fella. So Jerry is in the book. But he's more just mentioned in the book. He's not really a main character in the book at all. Like, they just talk about him. You know, he's just the hired hand. Well, we'll tell Jerry to go get this or whatever. So I think it's awesome that they've made him more of like a central character in this series. So he's played by a young man. And I have no idea if I'm saying his name right. (laughs) Good luck. (laughs) It's spelled A-Y-M-E-R-I-C. I don't know how to pronounce that. His last name is... How do you say his last name? Know. I'm pretty sure... Isn't it French? Montez. I looked up, like, I tried to find, like, somebody saying his name, and I couldn't find it. But anyway, he's from Montreal, and I can't... I, this must be, like, his first kind of main acting gig, because I couldn't really find a lot on him. But his sister's also an actor. I think he's a really great actor, and I'm excited to see more of him because I think he does a really good job. Yeah, I enjoyed his role in the in the show. So, and then Diana Barry, we get to meet her in this episode. She is portrayed by Delila Bella, and she was born in Montreal, Quebec, and she's been acting since she was five years old. So, she's made appearances in a few of the Diary of a Wimpy Kid movies. Oh, okay. She is has made an appearance in a show, The 100, which is pretty popular right mm-hmm. now. I've never seen it, but have either of you? No. Um, and then she portrayed young Guinevere on Once Upon a Time. Aww. Which is a show that I like. Yeah. Or used to like. Mm, yeah. <laughs> we'll see where it goes. Anyway. So yeah, I was like, oh, I knew she looked familiar. So yeah, that is Diana. You guys have any other thoughts on any other parts of the episode? Favorite scenes? And I think I mentioned this to you the other day, Lauren, but I really enjoy the farmhouse decor and Green Gables. It kind of cracks me up mm-hmm. that it would totally, like it's totally in today. <laughs> right. Like all the white ship <laughs> I was thinking that as I was <laughs> All the vintage stuff. 
I just totally I want to live there and then it dawned on me like we are trying to decorate our houses like poor people like (laughs) what is happening yeah we're all trying to be minimalist (laughs) like that's Marilla she's a minimalist and a clean exactly (laughs) (laughs) which I can get behind but it just cracks me up so I enjoy now that because I watched it for a second time before this and kind of enjoyed just looking around the house and like getting decorating ideas you know yeah, a fun fact about that farm is it it was an actual working farm. They actually brought in the animals and the animals lived there and oh, to nice. make it legit. So Amy Beth McNulty, she said she like had names for all the animals nice. and of course. <laughs> of course she did. <laughs> Named all the chickens <laughs> and the cows. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Mandy, what were some of your favorite parts? I love the whole thing. <laughs> I know, but you actually watched it, so you I, can chime in. I, I mean, I, I just loved, loved Anne. I loved like, I, I love her imagination. Like all, all those little scenes where she's like in her own little world. Yes, I, I love them all. I, I just, I can relate to that. I, I um, did a lot of daydreaming as a child myself. So. Really. <laughs> Yes. One day I know this. (laughs) I actually can def. I can relate to that as well. Being an only child, while I did have you two at times as playmates for the most of my time, I was just alone. So, I mean, you have to get creative. (laughs) So I definitely appreciated her, her daydreaming and her pretending to be princess or queen. Cordelia, I can't remember if she's a princess or a queen. I think it's princess. I think it's princess. Yes. Because then she names the tree the snow queen. Yes, that's yes. right. <laughs> and the fact that adults just don't understand what's happening. <laughs> like, why are you picking branches off the tree? <laughs> right. <laughs> it's kind of frustrating to me, though, that Marilla won't let her keep the the blossoms. I know. I like, know. what is the point it. of that? <laughs> You're already giving her away, like... Just let her keep the blossoms. Mandy, any other favorite parts that you can remember since you forgot the whole thing? I love her her relationship with Matthew. I love how she's like excited to like go tell him things. Yes. I don't have a lot more to say because I've only seen the first episode, but I'm excited to see like all of those relationships develop. So Lauren, do you have some favorite favorite scenes? Or themes. I don't know if it's a favorite scene or theme, but um, I just wanted to touch on, like, when Marilla's brooch gets lost. Oh, yes. So in the book, Marilla's brooch does get lost. But instead of sending Anne away when that happens, she just keeps her from going to the to the Sunday school mm-hmm. picnic. Which is what happens in the first, first uh, well, the one that we like, the Anne of Green Gables that we like from growing up. But the story that Anne makes up, you know, when she tells mm-hmm. her to confess, the story she makes up is uh, pretty much exactly the same thing that she says in the book. Nice. But yeah, so like, and it's interesting because this, like the event, this event happens in the book, but it happens like several chapters into the book. It's not at the beginning of her stay. Right. So it's just interesting how they move things around and... Someday right. I'd like to like sit down with a writer who adapts books to film <laughs> right. and just 
ask them why they choose to do certain things like that. Because I know they have a reason. It's not, they're not just being like, well, I just want to be different, so we're going to move it, you know. (laughs) See how much I can make everyone mad. Right, yeah. I liked when they were leaving the train station, and this is one of those moments that just made me think of Mandy. I, I think it was just a scene going on in her head and in this version of it that she's having this like little moment with the tree at the train station while she's waiting on Matthew. But then as they're leaving, she like turns around and just yells, bye tree. (laughs) Oh my goodness. (laughs) It's Mandy. (laughs) Well, it helps to give things. Yes. Personality. Okay. All right. Oh, I love that part. I just, I laugh out loud every time. <laughs> I, yeah, I loved so much of this. And I think I've said it, I don't think I've said it today, but it definitely gives that feel of getting a glimpse into the backstory of Anne, which is something I enjoy in general is, you know, behind the scenes tours and like all the stuff Lauren looked up. Like I enjoy stuff like that. And so I feel like that's kind of what it's giving us from mm-hmm. the even from the books. You're seeing some things that right, right. you don't see. I, I feel like out. they're doing it so seamlessly too. They like are. it's not how you know some other things are where it's like out of place. Like it, it all runs together very smooth to me. Mm-hmm. Right, like how she looks at the teacup and um, and immediately she's right. Yes, like back in the office at the asylum and. Mm-hmm. And it's not confusing. Like, you're like, mm-hmm. okay, is yeah, this like a yeah. memory or is this going on now? Like, mm-hmm. right. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. And it's not something, if you're familiar with the Anne of Green Gables, you know, family, you know, this is something she does. She spaces out and you're mm-hmm. just getting to see where she's going. Like, exactly. Yep. Yeah. I'm really liking this. I, I don't know. I just really like it. I love it so much, and I want everyone else to love it, and I need to... Listeners! I need to realize... You will love it! ...that it's, it's okay if some people don't like it, yes. but I just... I guess my thing is just give it a chance, because I know there were some people that, you know, heard it wasn't good, mm-hmm. and so they weren't going to watch it, and it's like, no, just give it a chance and make up your own yeah. mind. And I'm glad, like, I, I started watching it because I saw it on Netflix, I I had no idea that this was coming. I didn't hear any of, like, the negativity about it. I just started watching it. And so, I, I don't know, I'm kind of glad that I didn't yeah. hear that. So I could just kind of watch it and... Yep. Yeah, I had seen it pop up on Netflix and then you guys said something about it. And I was like, all right, I'll check it out. So maybe that's helpful that, you know, we hadn't heard any negativity or whatever. Yeah, I think um, Leah heard it. Oh, <laughs> I did. Poor Leah. But that actually yeah. made me want to watch it. <laughs> because there's been so many instances lately of people hearing something negative about a film and then just deciding that the entire film is, which is nothing new to the Christian world, right. at least, deciding that the whole thing must be terrible even though they've never seen it. And so I just decided, you know what? I'm going to give it a chance and I'm going to watch it. And I'm glad that I did. <laughs> And I'm one of those people that usually like stuff that everyone else, the critics, as it were, yeah. hate. <laughs> I don't know. I And I feel like we all three of us enjoy things that don't gloss over the hard parts of life. And I, mm-hmm. this definitely 
is one of those things that doesn't gloss over it. Yeah, and I'm trying to, like, even try to be devil's advocate here and have something negative to say about it, but I really just don't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. I just, there are certain things coming up that I'm, like, really excited to talk about. <laughs> I just yes. I love how they handle different things, so... <laughs> Yes, the next coming episodes will be fun to talk about. Well, I can't wait to watch them. <laughs> I know, I can't wait to watch them again. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> I've recruited so many people into watching this, you know, like we've yes. had some friends from church that we've said, you gotta watch it. And then a few days later, they, you know, they'll say, yeah, I started watching it and I like it so far. And Today, I got my mom and my younger sister, and Mandy's younger sister, too. Uh, Which, she is totally Anne. Like, well, actually, both of them are Anne, so. <laughs> yeah, well, the smaller one is not far off from me, unfortunately. It's true. <laughs> yes, yeah, she's a miniature version of Mandy. <laughs> So yeah, my mom is just in love with it. We w- I was just planning to watch the first episode with them today because it's long. So we get done with that one and she's like, well, let's start the next oh, no. one. And I was like, okay, just let me take a potty break. And we'll hear her too. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. So yeah, she was like, she's very excited about it. So I'm like, yes, <laughs> guys, we're getting more people to like it. Spread it to my coworkers if they don't listen to this mm-hmm. podcast. Well, should we tell the people how to get in touch with us? Yes. Uh, you can email us at teamfriendshippodcast at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter at 3friendspodcast, the number three. We're on Facebook, www.facebook.com slash teamfriendshippodcast. And on Instagram, teamfriendshippodcast. And our website is teamfriendshippodcast.com. So yeah, like keep watching this with us and send us send us your yes. thoughts about this. We'd love to share your thoughts on our episodes and and we welcome negative thoughts as long as you keep it respectful. I was going to say I'd love to hear from someone that has something negative, another perspective. <laughs> if you don't like it, give us a reason yes, why cuz for sure. Yeah. We're definitely interested in that. So would love to hear people's opinions. I mean, we got a little bit of feedback from some of you guys, but it was just more like general, like, we love it, you know, <laughs> so, which I'm, I'm glad I like. I like that you guys love it because we love it too. So. so, yeah, so we'll be back, I don't know, guys, next week for the next episode. Maybe. Maybe. It's pretty easy to do, so. <laughs> well, guys, we'll see you on another time. And friends, I will leave you with a quote from Anne of Green Gables this time. It's been my experience that you can nearly always enjoy things if you make up your mind firmly that you will. Just like this show. I know, I'm sorry. (laughs) This is why we didn't want to tell you. Okay, here we go.
Okay. One, two, three, and then we'll clap, okay? Okay. One, two, three, clap. Yes. That was my initial thought, because obviously that's the first part that shows up. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I thought I would start us off with that. That's a great way to begin with the beginning. Yeah. Isn't that like a Pooh Bear line or something? <laughs> <laughs> I some it is I was gonna say it is a I quote. I think it's uh I think it's from um actually Alice in Wonderland. <sighs> yeah. There we go. Start at the beginning and when you get to the end, stop. Yes. <laughs> I believe it's the Cheshire, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I don't remember. You you're more into that than I, I believe am, it's Maddie. the Cheshire. If I'm wrong, I can be stoned by the community. Stone her with <laughs> metaphorical stones. <laughs> You know? That's, and that a lot happens between 12 and 17, so... Yes, it does. <laughs> it happens between 18 and 26. <laughs> yes, yes, it does. Over 30. Hang on. Is that a question or an answer? <laughs> Is it? <clears throat> Is it? <laughs> Yes, my book uses Roman numerals. Oh, so you're going to have a rough a time second. there. I did not <laughs> recently do well figured this with out. The Roman numerals. What kind of Star Wars fan are you? I'm not a good one, I guess, since I don't know Roman numerals. I'm done with them. <laughs> I'm done with them. Okay, one, two, three, five, six, seven, eight. Which is also in the book. Sorry, I keep saying that. It's just, I love that everything's in the book. <laughs> oh, dear. Sound familiar, anybody? (laughs) 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 Did anyone else just get a real kick out of Anne telling Rachel Lindoff? Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Something, yes. It's one of those things. Imagine something in your head, but you're too scared to do it. She she did it. Brownie points to any of my coworkers <laughs> listening. <laughs> what are you gonna do? Like if they tell you they like listen, give them actual like, brownies, yeah. Or I mean, yeah. we work in a bakery, so I'll have to do something different than the norm. <laughs> 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 surrounded by cookies. <laughs> well, that's all I've got, guys. Unless you want me to talk more about. I the think you can save some stuff. things for the next. <laughs> episodes lauren you just hold on to those things there we've covered enough for today we're probably as long as the first episode (laughs) 